Welcome to the BizTimes MKE podcast. I'm Arthur Thomas, an associate editor at BizTimes Milwaukee. This is a special family and closely held business summit preview episode of the BizTimes MKE podcast. I'm joined by editor Andrew Weiland. Andrew, how are you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. And reporter Meredith Meyer, who wrote the cover story on our latest issue all about family businesses. Meredith, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Excellent. Well, we just wanted to hop on and do a quick preview of our family and closely held business summit that's coming up next week on June 29th. It'll be out at the Brookfield Conference Center, which is a brand new venue for us and probably a brand new venue venue for many people. Um, It's also our first event live back in person in well over a year. The last time we were live and in person was, I think, March 12th of 2020. Um, So a lot has changed but um, we're ready to get back to live events. Uh, We'll touch on some of the the kind of benefits to to where and and how we're doing this event and and why we hope you'll join us in a minute. Um, But uh, let's start with Meredith. Um, Meredith, you wrote this cover story for our latest issue, um, headlined Family Value. Um, And it's kind of all about uh, the value of a family business in kind of the the current and, and modern corporate business world. It's a very global world. There's a lot of consolidation, um, but there's, it seems like there's still a value to being a family business. Um, what, what kind of stood out to you as you were doing the reporting for this story? Yeah, well, I talked to, um, you know, five different uh, family businesses located in Southeastern Wisconsin are based in Southeastern Wisconsin, and um, they represented all different industries. And it kind of, first of all, help me realize like the range of what family business can mean. It's not mom and pop necessarily. Um, For example, some of the manufacturers that I talked to um, have operations globally. And so um, it kind of shed light on, you know, all just the, the abundance of family owned businesses, like in our region and even in our world, a lot of businesses are owned by family, even if they're publicly traded sometimes. So um, that was kind of an interesting, like overall uh, kind of realization I took away from the piece. Um, But kind of getting into some specifics, um, I spoke to Andrew Steinhoffel, who heads up Steinhoffel's Furniture. He's fourth generation and um, that company recently transitioned into an ESOP which um, is an employee stock ownership plan. Yes. Um, and that is in and of itself a very interesting topic, um, which allows you know, employees to own parts of the company and the family can still lead it. Um, but that also is something that happens for family businesses who are struggling to pass down ownership of the company to the next generation. Um, So that was interesting. But another interesting part of the Seinhoffel story um, is kind of Andrew's testimony of having to keep up with the fast paced world of furniture retail. Um, You know, there are lots of competitors in that market and a lot of it is controlled by online commerce. Um, Amazon is one of, it was one of those competitors. Um, 
And so, you know, he was talking about the, um, the, the trust that customers have in the Seinhoffel's brand, um, you know, having been around for 80 ish years. Um, but at the same time, expectations of those customers haven't changed. Um, there's no like extra leeway or forgiveness to the customer experience. Customers are still wanting what they want when they want it. They want the high quality, but they also want, um, you know, a, a robust online, you know, kind of e-commerce website. Um, and yeah, the customer service that comes along with um, being a regional, you know, chain of furniture stores. So I thought that was just sort of interesting um, because he said, you know, you, you might start losing um, people. You might start losing customers if you're not able to like level up to your competition. And that's when you lose your competitive edge. Um, so they're rolling out a new website later this summer, um, kind of in response to just, yeah, the competition that never slows down in that industry. So I thought that was interesting. Definitely. I think it's gonna be interesting to hear from Andrew. Andrew's gonna be among the panelists at our event. Um, and it'll be interesting to hear from him a little bit also about the ESOP transition and kind of why that was necessary for them as they look towards a fourth generation of leadership. And it means you maybe don't realize how big Steinoffels has kind of gotten over the years. It's a, it's a substantial company. It's got, they're opening new stores in Illinois and up in Green Bay and you know, I think 500 some employees. I mean, it's a substantial operation and transitioning that to a next generation while making sure that the, the previous generation gets the value that they've put into the business, you know, it's tricky. And, and if the money isn't there to make it happen, the resources aren't there to make it happen, um, you got to look at other options. And how they landed on ESOP is kind of an interesting um, transition. Um, another of the panelists we're going to have, uh, Martin Galoon uh, from Metalcraft of Mayville. I know you talked to him a little bit as well for the story. Um, what stood out about what he had to say? Yeah, I did. Um, so yeah, Martin uh, took over the, the company um, from his father um, a couple decades ago and um, led it as, you know, CEO um, up until I think the past year, um, which is when he transitioned into um, more of a chairman role. Um, so he stepped down as CEO and he promoted from within um, someone who is not a family member. Um, he was president, his name's Randy Glode. And so now Randy is in this dual role of CEO and president. And that allows Martin to, you know, kind of focus on other more strategic moves like some acquisitions um, and less on the day-to-day -day operations of the business, which he had done for years, um, even under his dad. Um, but I thought it was interesting because experts talk about kind of the importance of bringing in, you know, non-family member management and leaders to, you know, just uh, improve the business as a whole. Um, talent is really what gets a business far and it can be family members, but in a lot of instances, it's maybe not family members. It's other 
management that has no relation to you as family. Um, so I, I thought that was an interesting point. And um, he happens to have a couple of sons who are in college um, and they're gonna be working at Metalcraft this summer. But, um, you know, Martin was just, he was saying like, he doesn't know if the business will end up, you know, falling into their hands one day one of them is going to school for, you know, computer science and astrophysics and the other one's majoring in computer engineering. And um, he kind of made the joke that maybe like landing on Mars and, um, you know, making some really cool medical equipment might be first on the list uh, for them uh, before they would maybe take over the family manufacturing firm. Um, so I, I think that's a common, you know, it's a common kind of issue that a lot of family business owners face when they do have children and, um, you know, the next generation might have other plans. And in that case, uh, that owner needs to make some arrangements and um, look elsewhere and um, start planning early on. Definitely. Yeah. That's the, uh, seems like other careers are more in line before, before metal bending and metal fabrication. Um, one of the other things that was interesting, I talked with Martin a little bit just in preparing for the event. I'll be I'll be moderating the panel that we have with our um, with Andrew and Martin, um, also Ali Ellsworth from Glue Dots um, in Germantown, and Lacey Sadoff from Badger Liquor will be on our our panel discussion. I'll be moderating that, and I was talking with Martin a little bit in preparation, and he was telling me how a portion of the company is is owned by some nonprofits. Um, in the area. And that kind of creates an interesting dynamic for, you know, how to manage it because you kind of get some non-family stakeholders, non-family shareholders um, who are looking for returns. So kind of an incentive to manage in a more, more like a public company, but also able to make kind of the long-term investments that a family company has the ability to make. So should be interesting to hear more from them. Um, Andrew, you're going to be uh, handling our um, Fireside chat um, Q and A with Carl Rick from Quick Trip, which is just—I mean—it seems every time you turn around in southeastern Wisconsin or anywhere in Wisconsin for that matter, it seems uh, there's another Quick Trip popping up. Um, so this is a—you know—a growing company. It'll be interesting to hear more about what. Um, I think you had a chance to talk with Carl a little bit ahead of this. What have you? What are you interested to hear more from him about the event? First of all. I'm just so excited to be having a face-to-face -face conversation with him in front of a live audience. I'm, uh, I can't wait to do another live event and, and see people and talk to people again. So I hope everyone, uh, hope you come out and look forward to doing a live event and seeing people for real. Um, yeah, you know, the quick trip story is so interesting. Um, you know, this is one of the biggest convenience store companies in America. There's 700 plus store locations. They are growing rapidly. It's a very vertically integrated company that um, I think something like 80% of the product is, you know, produced and delivered and sold by them in their stores. You know, they have their own commissary and bakery and dairy and all that. And there's a lot of employees that... Um, and the company has 30,000 um, employees between the stores and, you know, all the production side and the delivery side. Um, but what's 
so interesting, you know, and a lot of family businesses, I think I like this is the culture is, is, is so unique um, and special. Uh, their CEO is, you know, 86 year old, you know, Don Zitlow. And, um, you know, he's still, first of all, he's, he's still very much involved in the company at 86 years of age. He's very, very involved. And, but the, the culture he has established is one of really taking care of the employees and the customers. So a high level of customer service is really emphasized. And the employees, I mean, they have a 40% uh, you know, profit sharing program with the employees. Um, and in addition, there's end of year bonuses based on how the, the company does. So, um, you know, the, the employees, I think, that are treated so well, and I know that Carl said that was kind of a shock to the bankers that they're doing that, but, you know, they invest in the employees. As a result, the employees deliver a high level of customer service. Their stores are, you know, much nicer than your typical convenience store. You know, it's like a mini grocery store, basically, and they're clean stores with good reputations. You know, Quick Trip is something of a cult brand. Um, there's a lot of people who are just sort of fanatical about Quick Trip. And it seems kind of weird. Why would you get excited about a convenience store? But there are people who are sort of fanatical about it. And I think the reason is just because, you know, it's a Wisconsin-based company. So if you live in Wisconsin, you're proud of that. But also just high level of customer service, quality store experience. And, uh, you know, people, people are very, there are very loyal Quick Trip shoppers. So. You know, it, it, it's all tied into the, the family business culture as sort of bred that. And that's what I think is really interesting. Yeah, it'll be great, I think, for people to hear more, you know, from the, uh, Carl about kind of what what that culture is all about, how they maintain it, how they sustain it, and maybe kind of get some own, their own ideas for how to, how to sustain and, and grow their own culture. Because that's kind of the, one of the unique aspects of family business often is the company culture. And maybe, you know, in a world that wants you to professionalize it and corporatize it, um, you know, having the encouragement to, to maintain the elements that you think are important is huge. Uh, yeah. We can't avoid the fact, you know, this, like I said, we were talking about earlier, this is our first live event back um, in person, um, which should be really exciting. Um, I think we, we did a poll, our, our regular biz poll a few weeks ago, um, Andrew, right, that uh, on, on whether people were ready to come back or not. And Yeah, this is a, this is a poll we do on our website. And uh, in May, the, the poll on the website was, you know, are you ready to go uh, to, to attend in-person business events again? And while obviously not a scientific poll, but uh, those responding on our, our website poll, 95% said yes. Um, that is an overwhelming response. I, I can't remember another one of our online biz poll questions that received that strong of a response. So it's a very strong, like I said, not scientific, but still a pretty strong indication that people are ready for this and, and we're, excited to, we're excited to do it and we're excited to see you all again. Definitely. So yeah, it's going to be June 29th uh, at the Brookfield Conference Center. Um, it's an afternoon event, which is a little different from what we were doing pre-pandemic. Um, it'll be from 2 to 6.30 on the 29th. Um, and just thinking about the venue, the Brookfield Conference Center, you know, that's a 
brand new. I mean, I think it was opening just as the pandemic hit last year. Yeah. It was just wrapping up construction, maybe even. Um, so good news is it's a brand new venue with great ventilation, great um, you know, setup. It's a big space, lots of room. Um, we're going to have a, a cocktail um, reception, cocktail party um, after kind of the panel. That'll be outside. So there's room to still kind of be socially distanced and, and kind of, you know, be comfortable. Um, some of the precautions being taken inside. So, you know, it'll be, it, you know, it's not uh, quite, you know, the exact same replica of what an event looked like before the pandemic, but we're taking, you know, that into account and, and looking to make people feel safe. Um, so we'll have Carl Rick from Quick Trip as the kind of the keynote speaker. Um, doing a, a question and answer a fireside chat with Andrew, the panel that I mentioned that I'll be moderating um, with uh, Ali and Martin and Lacey and Andrew, um, and then breakout sessions um, after that. Um, so it should be a great, a great event. Um, if you're looking to register, uh, go to biztimes.com slash family. That's biztimes.com slash family to register. Um, and we hope to see you there on June 29th at the Brookfield Conference Center. Andrew and Meredith, thanks for, uh, for previewing the event with me. Thanks, Arthur. You bet. Looking forward to it.